Welcome to the Thrive College Podcast. We're a group of students preparing for the calling God has on our lives. If you sense there's important work that God wants you to do, you're in the right place. This is season three, All Things Relationships. Welcome back to the Thrive College Podcast. I say back because we just wrapped season two a few weeks ago, and now we're officially into recording season three, which is, drum roll, Kevin, you did not drum roll, but it's okay. You were like, that's... I'm sorry. (laughs) Season three, all things relationships. And so, of course, we had to bring on the Kevin Thompson. He is our married life pastor. And tell us about the incredible book that you have written, Friends, Partners, Lovers. Yeah, so Friends, Partners, and Lovers is, I was trying to figure out what is my job as a husband? What does Jenny need from me? Everything else in life, you get a job description except marriage. And so I was looking at what is the job description of a marriage? You go to Genesis 2, and it appears to me that God created uh, Adam and Eve to, to have this unique relationship of friendship walking side by side in life. They had a task, a cultural mandate that, that they were supposed to be partners together with. And then obviously the chapter ends with this unique relationship of intimacy. So I, I think about if you have somebody who, who's by your side, who has your back, who sees you and loves you, hmm. uh, that is a complete marriage. That's the goal. Yeah. And of course, we wanted to have you on, not just because that is something you deeply studied and thought about, but also you sit face to face with people pretty much every week who are asking the questions that our students are asking about what relationships can look like, what they shouldn't look like. And so we're just really glad you're here. Happy Thanks, to Kevin. Be here. Yeah, look forward yeah. to it. And then we also have Macy, Macy McCaw. And yeah. so I would love, okay, I thought about this question. You have to answer it too, Kevin. Tell us your middle school celebrity crush. Ooh. <laughs> Probably Taylor Swift, but I'm still a Taylor Swift fan. No, no, no. Like who you had a crush crush on. Oh. Hmm. She's like rethinking it. Yeah. Mm. I thought we were just talking about just like someone we really like, liked. Like I have a poster of Taylor Swift in my bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. But for your fangirl. Yeah. That'd be that'd probably be what it was. While you're thinking, I'll share mine. Okay. Okay, because you're never gonna have heard of him. Okay, there was this movie on the Disney Channel called Luck of the Irish. Hmm. And the person in it, like if I pulled you a picture of him, you would be shocked because it looks identical to Shane. So I pretty much oh, married wow. my celebrity crush. How about that? Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's, even if that's not true, that's a great answer. I, I swear to you, like <laughs> I was answering this question and I had this revelation because someone was like, I don't know who that is. And they pulled up a picture and I was like, oh my goodness, that is shame. So anyways, <laughs> wow. wins for me. That's you good. can marry someone, if not your actual celebrity crush, someone that looks like your celebrity crush. Gotcha. That's so funny. I don't know. I don't know if I even like did that. In what? middle school. You were not just crushing hard. Over. No. Okay. Well, you're a holier so. person wow. than I was. I'm just school. being really honest. I can't think of anything. That's totally okay. Fair. Never, it, never be forced. Dude, I don't, I'm not going to make you confess on air your actual middle school crush. <laughs> that's that's fine because they might be listening. Kevin, do you have one? So upper elementary school. I don't remember junior high specifically. Yeah. So who's the boss? <laughs> Alyssa Milano. Oh, there we go. Oh, good. How about that? Someone's going to, yeah, pretty much everyone listening to the podcast is going to have to Google it. That's right. And then, yeah, who's the boss? I love it. That's so fun. Macy, tell us a little bit about where you're interning and where you're from. Yeah. So I'm interning at Folsom, or based on Folsom Middle School. So I'm working with eighth grade girls and leading a small group with a few other leaders and just 
kind of just learning. Like I've never really worked with middle schoolers. So just like learning how they work and how they – what middle schoolers are like. But it's been so fun. Yesterday we had um, like our last like meet for the end of the year and we did like a Christmas party. It was super fun. Just hang out with the kids. Like we made gingerbread houses and it's been fun. So fun. And where are you from? I'm from – um, technically Sutter, California. Okay. Um, right, right next to Yuba City. So perfect. So I usually just say I'm from Yuba City because people know where that is. Love it. Yeah. Well, shout out to Macy. Um, both in season one and season two, you've just been an instrumental voice in helping us shape this conversation about what conversations we wanted to have. So I'm going to turn the mic over to you because okay. in Thrive College, we're all about empowering you to live what you're called to do. So. Kick us off. What's our first question for Sweet. Kevin? Yeah. So how to have a healthy relationship. Um, I feel like that could be like a super broad question. Um, but I like genuinely, genuinely, how would you have a healthy relationship? Yeah. I, I You know, Macy, I think a couple things. Uh, first, I don't think you can have what you don't know. And so an aspect of it is to understand what a healthy relationship even is. Mm-hmm. You know, where our lives are shaped by our family of origins, by early relationships we have, and, and that becomes the norm in our lives. And so a good number of people come from backgrounds of stress, of anxiety, of uncertainty, of a lack of stability. And so they don't even know what a healthy relationship looks like. So so one, I think you need to define what a healthy relationship is so you can even even know what it is. And, and then also I think the, the second piece to how do you personally have a healthy relationship is the, the thing that you control the most is yourself. And so to the extent that you work on yourself, you get healthy yourself, and that's what you're bringing into the relationship, then you have a greater chance not only of of being drawn toward people who are healthy and and then very quickly being uh, turned away from people who are unhealthy, uh, but then also uh, you have the ability to relate in a good and, and meaningful way. And so I think of those two things specifically. You need to understand what it is. And then you need to personally pursue toward health, and, and that makes it more likely to attract somebody who will have a healthy relationship and, and, and more likely for you to bring that into the connection. Cool. Yeah. How would you even define a healthy relationship? Like starting there, you said we have to define it. So how yeah. do we define yeah, a healthy relationship? Like? So. Uh, I think about Dan Siegel down at uh, UCLA, right, interpersonal neurobiology. So he, he he founded the concept of how do relationships rewire the brain. Mm-hmm. So literally the relationships you have now have a biological impact on how your brain is wired together. And, and he talks about health now as being energy. That when, whenever you live, whenever an organism has health, whenever an organization has health, there is this creative energy, and he uses the, the image of a river that's now flowing, right? And he talks about there's two banks, that, that whenever the water goes outside of this bank, it's going to get into a lack of health. And he says those, those two uh, kind of guardrails, you could say in another imagery, is chaos and rigidity. And, and so whenever we think about an unhealthy relationship, oftentimes it is either chaotic mm. or it is rigid, so we understand an unhealthy relationship can be chaotic. Mm-hmm. So this is where abuse takes place. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, this is where there's just no predictability whatsoever, no stability whatsoever. There's yelling, there's screaming, there's one moment you could be as loving as can be, the next moment you're going to be angry, and, and you just live in a consistent state of chaos. Now, the danger of that is if we're not very careful, that can raise the cortisol in our bodies, and we can literally almost chemically become addicted to that. Yeah. And so especially if you came from a very chaotic background, that's something you're going to have to be extremely aware of. What we often don't see is the opposite side, the other riverbank, that an equal form of lack of healthiness is rigidity. And, and so this can express itself, especially in a religious culture, of being uh, overly obsessive on very specific mm-hmm. roles, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so here's what the man does and here's what the woman does. And it's not tied into biblical concepts. Mm -hmm. It's tied into much more cultural concepts. And the idea is if I follow the rules, I'll be safe. Mm -hmm. Well, the problem within relationships uh, is it's not always that easy of a formula of Mm -hmm. if I do my part exactly, then you have to love me, right? So whenever I think about an unhealthy relationship, I think about what Siegel talks about there of chaos and rigidity. And we all will tend one way or the other based on our personality types, based on our families of origin. So I'm going to tend toward rigidity. If I'm not in a healthy place, I'm going to go back much more into the, I have to follow the rules. Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Mm. Somebody else might, might flow into chaos. And so then Siegel talks about, okay, when you stay in between chaos and rigidity, what does that look like as the as the energy is flowing? And he, he talks about several different aspects uh, of what we consider a healthy organization, a, a healthy relationship, a healthy community. And, and it's interesting because if you take any of these and juxtapose them with the other, they can almost feel like they're contradictory. Hmm. But I think as you hear it, you'll understand how they complement each other. So, so he talks about flexibility. So a healthy relationship has flexibility. Notice how that's the opposite of, of rigidity, yeah. right? And, and so the idea of if the schedule changes, if if your opinion changes, we have this ability now not to have it done this specific way. And so, you know, you don't have to load the dishwasher this specific way. There, there are other ways that this can this, this can happen. So he talks about flexibility. He talks about adaptability. So as change comes our way, we have the ability because of our love for each other to adapt mm. to whatever is going on around us. I talk all the time. I, I could be wrong. I feel like Jenny and I could live anywhere and be happy because I think we have this ability now to adapt to the surroundings of what's going on around us. There is this sense of cohesiveness that it's not this idea that there's aspects of my life that are sticking out there that don't connect in some way to Jenny or Jenny uh, back to me. He talks about the idea of stability, that even though we're flexible and adaptable, there is this stability that 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 it kind of goes unchanged uh, in many ways. And so Siegel's going to talk about energetic. So he's going to talk about, he calls it faces, flexible, adaptable, cohesive, energetic, stable. He said that's what a healthy relationship looks like. I, w- I would add some other things to it. I, I think about a healthy relationship, um, being very clearly that, I think I said this previously, that that Jenny loves me and she's for me. Mm-hmm. I know that. I'm confident of that. Uh, and, and so I can interpret everything that she does kind of through that concept. Mm-hmm. I, I think about, people ask all the time, 
uh, about should I marry this person or not? And one of the things I often say is, does this person make you become more alive or less? Mm, that's does, it, good. does it draw out more of who you are, your personality, because you're living now in the 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 comfort of this other person's love. And so you, you actually can can risk, you can be vulnerable. So, so you almost come out of your shell or do you have to kind of stuff yourself down? Yeah. If you're having to draw inward, if you're having to be careful not to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, or they're trying to be controlling, that to me is not a healthy type of relationship. So in a very simple format, you can ask questions like this. Am I more alive or less alive? In a healthy relationship, you're becoming more alive. You're becoming more energetic, more of who God created you to be. In an unhealthy relationship, in many times, you're having to stifle that uh, because of the other person. Wow. Yeah. That's so good. Like, wow, that's really good. I don't know what else to say about it. Like, it's a lot to take in. Yes. Especially for someone who's so young, trying to, like, just figure it out. Yeah. If you found yourself listening to the podcast and thinking, these are my people, how do I get more people like this in my life? Well, apply to Thrive College. Go to mythrivecollege.com slash apply. We are for 18 to 25 year olds who want to prepare for the calling that God has on their life. And if you've loved listening in and getting to know our staff and students, then apply today. We would love to start the journey of helping prepare you for your calling. What have we talked about red flags uh, of of oh, an, yes. of an unhealthy relationship. That would be awesome. I think that would be a, a good place to go uh, for many people. So obviously, you can start in some very obvious ways. Uh, any form of physical abuse. Mm-hmm. And here's Macy. Here's something I see so often. It's so sad. Is especially young women. They'll get in a relationship with somebody. They love this guy. Or they see the faults, but they see the good. Right. right. So it's it's. Very positive. And then there is some kind of little, just the smallest of altercations that the the disagreement's happening and it grabs your wrist. And it's not a loving, compassionate. And at first you, you might even, but then you kind of pull, you can't pull away. And so often what happens is we're not caref- very careful. Women specifically, it happens both ways, mm-hmm. is we we blush over that. Just real quick, oh, well, you know, he didn't mean it. It was tension. It was, no, 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 no. There is never a scenario in which a man should use his physical force to the expense of the person he loves. Never. Not once. And here, here's something I would encourage all, all young women is I would draw a line in the sand to make the decision before it ever happens that if I'm ever in a relationship with a guy who in any way uses his strength uh, to my expense, we're done. Now, it doesn't mean he's evil. It doesn't mean he can't be in a healthy relationship. He can. He just lost the chance with you and and to recognize it in in those ways. So obviously, you have all the the physical concepts. You you do, within some reason, also have uh, the verbal aspects uh, of what abuse can look like, obviously sexual abuse uh, as well. So all of those are immediate red flags that that specifically, if we're talking about a dating relationship, I I am not going to date somebody who would ever physically harm me, it verbally harm me, right? So obviously, sexually harm me. I, I would never date 
uh, or live with. I, I use this from a marriage standpoint. Uh, doesn't mean you need to get a divorce, but I'm not going to live with an active addict. Yeah. I'll maybe a recovering addict, yes, but not an active addict. So, so especially in, in a young person, if you're thinking, oh, well, they're going to get clean and sober. Great, let them. And you know what? If you're still available whenever they are clean and sober, great. But not in the middle of it. Not that now I can be your friend. I can do all of that. I'll, I'll walk with my friends in the midst of battles of addiction all day long. I'm not going to be married to that type of person. I'm not going to be in a romantic relationship with that type of person. So, so obviously those are red flags, warning flags that are there. But then there are other things I think of, does this person have a sense of purpose? Mm, uh, obviously for me, from a Christian standpoint, for us, what is the relationship with Jesus? Mm. Uh, am, am I going to be romantically involved with somebody who, who doesn't love Jesus? Well, no, for me, because if, if, if this now defines all of my life and it defines none of their life, mm. what do we have in common? Yeah. Now, all the time I, I, I deal with people who are married to an unbeliever. Well, very clearly there, stay in the marriage Love, love your husband, love your wife, pray that your example will lead them to Christ, all those things. No, no, no question. But before you say I do, it becomes a non-negotiable for me. And, and here's my question. If you're, if you're tempted to, to, to be romantically involved in somebody who cares nothing about Jesus, yeah. what is the role of Jesus in your own life if he's supposed to define everything, Right. Uh, so, so those are those are red flags to me of uh, of that kind of thing, and then kind of what we talked about before. Any time it becomes this, uh, I'm becoming uh, much more of a rule follower. I'm becoming less of myself in order to please this other person. Uh, I just don't, I, I don't trust that that's going to be a, a healthy relationship. Yeah, I think also just you know we like thrive college in general we're all super young none of us are married um you know there's always the goal to become married one day um i think everyone that thrives like that we'll see <laughs> we'll see what happens um but i think it's really a good idea to like have those like in mind like um kind of just being like this is what i'm expecting or like this is what i'm looking for um and don't want to say like we should have like a checklist but maybe like we should be like this is what i'm needing this is you know like before yeah. you just kind of just jump in and then also once you are committed to a marriage that's that would be really nice if like you knew what you wanted before so oh, i think that's great i think it's great expectations is a funny thing because <laughs> on one hand I, I think sometimes sometimes the expectations we have we shouldn't mm. and the expectations we should have we don't Gotcha. And so what I want to do with, with people is, in part, I want to get rid of some of your expectations. So the, the old-fashioned checklist of he has to be this height, right? Yeah. Let's throw all that away. But it is very fair to expect, if, if you're going to be in a relationship with me, you're going to be invested. You're going to be doing the work. You're going to be living in a respectful way. You're going to respect me. You're going to have goals and pursuits and all these things. Those are very fair expectations uh, to have. I mean, even even you go back to the idea of friend, partner, lover. If I'm going to marry you, it's fair for me to expect you're going to pursue after being a friend, partner, and lover to me. Totally. That Those are very fair uh, expectations to have. Macy, I, I do think one thing that... that 
that people your age specifically and all of us really can do is we need to learn how to create healthy relationships across the board. Yeah. And so show me somebody who can consistently have healthy friendships and they're probably not going to struggle uh, whenever it comes time for a romantic relationship, whenever they find the person they want to be in a relationship with to create a healthy relationship. Because there, there is a lot of overlap between a healthy friendship between, uh, you know, five or six guys mm-hmm. and what then one of those guys has with with a, with a woman. There's a lot of overlap of, of what makes a healthy relationship. And so actually in, in whatever stage of life that we're in, whether it be junior high, high school, college, thrive, whatever, you can actually be building your future marriage by creating a really good friendship or a series of friendships with other people. Because if you learn how to be a good friend to them, you then just transfer that to who this romantic partner is. And if you're really skilled at identifying what's healthy, what's not healthy in these relationships, it will prepare you to identify what's healthy and unhealthy in these other relationships. Here's the the most dangerous uh, place I think a person can be. Not having any healthy relationships isolates you, which then will prevent you from being discerning in a romantic relationship. So how do we end up in unhealthy romantic relationships? A lot of times our souls are starved for connection Mm -hmm. and attention. And so we will then downplay red flags and stay in an unhealthy relationship uh, because we we haven't really surrounded ourselves with healthy relationships. That's really good. That makes so much sense. And yeah, it's awesome. I feel like there's also a role to play for friends in this conversation because one of one of the most uh, saddening things is is seeing someone. I see it happen actually all the time with young college students. Is they've got a great friend group, like the type yeah. of friend group anyone would kill for, and then they meet a girl or they meet a boy, and then suddenly all of their allegiance, all of their time, all of their devotion just switches. And, you know, no one wants to be that friend who's like, um, yeah, I know you're really excited about this relationship, but I feel like it's breeding some unhealthy things. But I think to be a true friend and the only thing that's going to save that person from a potentially unhealthy relationship is to be the someone who will speak the truth in love and say, hey, I I love that you have someone, but I also don't love some other things that I'm seeing. I, I feel like you're not doing the things you love to do. You're no longer investing in the people who truly know you and we want you back. So I just encourage for those of you that are in that friendship zone of you're hearing maybe Kevin rattle off some red flags and perhaps they don't apply to you, but they apply to someone that you love and you care about. Um, Ask God, what would it look like for me to have a gentle, loving conversation and just raise the question is this relationship really healthy for you? Yeah, and and you know it's it's interesting because I mean whenever you're whenever you're not dating, you have more time for for those kind of relationships. So obviously, whenever you start to date, there are some changes in how those relationships take place. But it is a red flag if it becomes all or nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and you can think about this even as the the type of girlfriend you want to be to to a guy. Of if he has healthy guy friendships. I want to continue to encourage those. Yeah. That, yeah, I'm going to get part of his time, no question. But I also want to sacrifice the time to make sure that he keeps those healthy. Because here's what happens whenever you get married. Nobody's supposed to meet 
every need of yours, right? Jenny, there's no way Jenny can meet all my needs. I can't meet all of hers. I want her to have healthy friendships with women that uh, that she can have those experiences with and, and enjoy and get away from me at times, <laughs> uh, right? That's for her own well-being. And uh, be careful of of almost that that controlling nature, whether it be somebody trying to control you or you actually controlling them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, there's a change in, in how much time we can spend, but always be the person that's encouraging your significant other to have healthy friendships of the same sex uh, with people in, in their peer group because your relationship will actually be better because of it. That's really good. I feel like we can add that to the marks of a healthy relationship is that you're actively encouraging other key relationships in the other person's life. And then you don't feel like it's always a a battle of jealousy or competition, but you can cheer each other on. I love that you have those friends. I love that you have those times with your family. I love Mm -hmm. that your mom is higher than I am right now on on your list of (laughs) priorities. One day that might switch, but for now that's appropriate and it's wonderful to see because I know that one day might transfer to whoever gets to be with you. Mm -hmm. So I love that. So I have just like a follow-up question on something you said, if that's yeah. okay, Macy. Go for it. Um, I, I would love just one more time to the person who's like, I heard everything you said, Kevin, about how important it is that they know and love Jesus. But here's the thing. They're a really great person. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I just feel like, you know, over time, maybe they might meet Jesus. So why wouldn't I be in a relationship? I'm not getting married to them. I'm just dating them. Um, yeah. What would you say to the person who's struggling with that question of what it means to be equally yoked with someone? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and they might come to know Jesus, and, mm-hmm. and that's that's a great thing. That's something we pray for. I think so much of, especially the marriage relationship, really does come down to timing. Of, it, it's are we both available at the same time, or we're at the season of life where we're both looking for what's next? Are we generally equally mature? Those kinds of things. And, and so, I think you can now trust into God's sovereignty if you have found a really good person, but they they don't know Jesus yet. And you're ready for for what is next in your life to say, all right, God, you're protecting me for some reason. This is a very fair expectation for me to have. I'm going to marry a believer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're not there yet. Then, then maybe this isn't right. And it, again, it doesn't mean that that we can't continue a friendship of some sort and those kind of things. But just to say that to me is is a barrier from us moving forward. Now, I, I say that with full compassion mm-hmm. uh, and understand the difficulty of what is there. But again, to me, it comes back, if if Jesus is the center of everything for me, and now literally is the determining factor of, of all things, which I believe that he is, and yet for this person, Jesus is nothing, then where is it that we really share things in common? Mm-hmm. And, and it, it would be totally unfair for me to get into a relationship with somebody and then suddenly expect them to make Jesus something in their life that he's not mm-hmm. for me. Right. That, that's just not fair. And so it's actually not fair to the person that you're dating mm. to continue that relationship, in my opinion. Uh, again, it's not manipulation. It's not. It's just boundaries. You're just drawing healthy boundaries. That I there, There's a line of how close we can get if Jesus is not significant to you. Yeah. Um, and, and for me to continue down this road and not be honest with you is actually me using you, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do that. Uh, instead, I'm going to love you to the best of my ability, which means drawing this line here in this moment. And look, 
if the day comes in which you come to know him and, and I'm still free, then we can pursue what that is. Uh, but if not, then uh, I'm still going to pray for you and hope that that happens. That's a really good answer. Yeah. I actually had a really good friend in college that we came to this crossroads and he wanted to date. And I, I was just like, I, I'm sorry, I can't because we don't have the same faith. And he said to me, I, I respect your faith. It's one of the, my favorite things about you. I, I admire and I respect your faith. I don't foresee this being a problem. And I had to look at him and I had not planned for this conversation. So what just came out just was the truth. And I was like, I, I'm really sorry, but one of my core desires in marriage is to be able to pray with my spouse. And like, if we're going through a hard time, I want to be able to pray with him. And um, as much as you respect my faith, that's just never going to be a possibility for us. And so um, like, I'm so sorry, but I can't. And um, I think it was, it was definitely a hard moment in that friendship, but ultimately I think it is respectful to say, I'm not going to expect you to provide and to do something that you don't believe in. Mm -hmm. And so we're just on a little bit of different paths, different trajectories. And like you're saying, Kevin, if you ever switch paths, then we're open to the conversation because obviously there's probably chemistry there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really good. I'd say more, my question would be in the same topic. um, What if the woman or the lady is like, you know, pursuing Jesus, like, it's an, I'm assuming it'd be an obvious no. Cause the man like in the Bible is like a leader. Like what's your perspective on like the role between like what the man is doing, what the woman is doing in a relationship to see if that would be healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily buy into the idea that the man is the ultimate leader. I just, okay. I don't see that. I, I to, to me, the, the commands of scripture is in the same way that Jesus is the head of the church. The husband is supposed to love his wife. And so that to me is is a concept of of serving, of loving. I, I I personally don't see it as the man's the decision maker or anything like that. Gotcha. But it but it is it is this idea of is are both individuals individually pursuing after God? So I'm uncomfortable when the faith becomes all about one person. Mm-hmm. And so it's and, and I see this a lot where the woman has a very sincere faith. The guy maybe is immature and and that's that's okay. Yeah. And, and she can help him and 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 lead him in those ways. But if, if the faith becomes solely something that she's doing and he's not, that to me is a warning. I, I think about it all the time. Jenny and I pursue God individually on our own. Okay. And as we do that, then together we are actually pursuing him as well. And we, you know, we have uh, to, to use an illustration of stay in your lane, right? And so you, you have this idea of, imagine the, the interstate out here, uh, you have the carpool lane, right? So you have the individual lanes, you have the carpool lane. So there are some decisions in life I cannot make unless Jenny's in the car with me. Mm-hmm. And then we make those together in the same way that if I'm by myself, I get in the carpool lane, I'm going to get a ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some things I can't do apart from Jenny. So on those issues, then we're talking about, then our own individual pursuits come together and it impacts how do we make the decision? What's God showing you? What, what do you feel in your heart in this moment? What, what do you think is the right thing for us to do? But that's only possible if each person is individually pursuing God. If not, then whenever we're together in the carpool lane, it's really just her faith and not mine. And so that would be my encouragement as far as what's the man and the woman both supposed to do. They're both supposed to love Jesus, pursue after him, and then love the other one to the best of their ability. 
Awesome. That makes so much sense. Thank you so much for sharing that. Love it. So we're going to cut it there because I love that final exhortation. You pursue Jesus. Mm -hmm. He pursues Jesus or she pursues Jesus. You're both pursuing Jesus. And as you do that, it will bring you together. And that's also a great image for equally yoked. You know, run, chase after Jesus and look who is next to you keeping up. And then that's the person you should be with. So thank you so much, Macy. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kevin. And thank make you. sure you join in for the next phase of this conversation. We're going to dive even deeper into that question. What is an unhealthy relationship building on that list of red flags you gave us? Sounds great. Awesome. Thanks for joining the conversation with us. If you loved what you heard, subscribe and share this podcast. To connect with and learn more about us, you can find us on Instagram at Thrive College or visit us at MyThriveCollege.com. And finally, leave us a rating and review on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. We'd love to hear from you. Prayers for you as you live the life God has called you to live.